In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda under www.cinda.org, but we don't just bring you thought leaders from all over the world. We also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the show, let me tell you what this show is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organization and what the impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you happen to miss us live, don't worry about it because we are on every major podcast platform from Apple to Google to Stitcher to Spotify. So you can find us all over the web. Now, I invite you to connect with me and send me your thoughts um, and insights about the show to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Let me know what you'd like to hear about on this show. But one thing very important, if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. And now on to today. You know, I kind of ask myself this question quite a bit. You know, why does it seem that adaptable people and organizations really seem to embrace change and do it quickly and with perceived seamless effort? You know, if you think back to March 2020, as the pandemic came into full force, it was the companies who grasped the new situation and were able to provide innovative solutions to their organizations that succeeded. And it was the individuals that grasped chains and adjusted their expectations around how they needed to carry out their jobs and their lives. And they came out on top. And why? Because they were adaptable. Now, though adaptability is innate human skill, most people have lost it along the way, but it is possible to regain it. Adaptability helps us get through the times when even the situation seems hopeless. It makes it possible for us to move smoothly through life and career changes. Organizations that are adaptable have more engaged employees and adaptability fosters innovation. And today we're going to speak with an expert that helps individuals and organizations become more adaptable. Robert Overvig is the founder of Adaptable Mindset Program. He and his team of empowered people, they help empower people to develop their 
own adaptable mindset, to develop mental flexibility, to learn how to create mental space and find new possibilities. The adaptable mindset program has been applied at several Fortune 500 companies, including Chanel and Heineken. And it's also been applied at multiple SMEs and universities and schools. Robert has over a decade of experience in innovation and digital transformation with clients such as Vodafone, Liberty Global, eBay, Heineken, a variety of startups and a variety of universities and schools. He's also an artist and exhibited in the Centre Pompidou and the Media Biennial in Seoul. And as a frequent speaker at institutes such as MIT, the European Commission, he speaks about the ways to use tech to work smarter and add value to the world. So welcome to the show, Robert. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Kimberly. So, um, first of all, you know, how did you become interested in helping organizations and people become more innovative? Yeah, good question. So I've been running around in corporate innovation and startup innovation for over a decade, like you said. And after a while, I saw so many companies become stagnant in their development, like not being able to change. Well, some people want it, and but most don't. And, um, and on the other side of the table, you have uh, the employees, which often felt like they were suffering a bit and like they weren't being listened to. They were not happy with their work. So there was often little creativity, little adaptability, people not reaching their full potential. And in a sense, that pissed me off a bit because, mm -hmm. you know, the companies weren't weren't evolving. So they weren't happy and the people weren't happy. And, you know, if we keep doing the same thing and expect different results, we all know that won't happen. So we'll burn everyone up. Um, so, yeah, the good news is we can cultivate this adaptability, become innovative again, create happy and engaged employees and reinvent how we work and do business together. Mm -hmm. And I think now is the best time to start doing that. Yeah, and um, I, we're gonna we're gonna talk about how we do that. I just but I just want to stay with kind of what's going on in companies today. I mean, mm -hmm. if if you look at the statistics, um, most employees are not engaging in their jobs. Okay, why do you think you know those? You know, what are those statistics, and why are they so low? Yeah, the statistics are actually horrendous. Like the current global uh, average of engagement with work. Uh, is 20%. So 80% wow. of the people in most companies aren't engaged with work and some are even actively disengaged or those, so they're sabotaging things. Uh, and in America, only 17% of people get meaning out of their work. And, you know, to me, it's close to criminal. You know, you mm -hmm. would not send your kid to such a place, right? Right. Yes. This is, yeah, you don't go say, go to summer school, you know, like uh, <laughs> only 20% of the kids like it. Uh, good luck with that there. Yeah. Um, and so we have that. And then we also have like the, the monetary cost. Uh, because if you look at the data, if you only have 200 employees and if 160 are not engaged, like 80%, it will cost wow. you like 2.1 million a year. And then we have recruitment as well. So it's very difficult for most companies to get people on board. You know, it can cost you like between 20, uh, 25K to uh, only like in the cost to get someone. And then at the, at the other side of the company, people leave. So we've got this entire system which um, yeah, doesn't seem to be working. But you asked about why the engagement was so low. I think work has come a little bit too much to just doing talks. You know, mm -hmm. people are not aligned anymore with what they find meaningful. Uh, management often doesn't optimize for connecting people to what inspires them, what they find meaningful. 
that only happens in the job interview, right? Then you hear, yeah, you can do whatever you want and it's your path. And then when you're there, you're like, oh, wow, this is totally uh, not the reality. Um, or the environment is not conducive to listening. You know, people have ideas, but then, yeah, it's too robotic, too binary. Uh, we compartmentalize too many things in the organization. You know, you've got marketing, you've got support, and you've got all of these different uh, verticals which don't even communicate with each other. So people are sort of are lost. They're floating around, not being listened to. Middle management is also sitting on a throne of decision making often, you know, between yep. the employee happiness, freedom of thought, and most of the time a little bit of older people uh, not really open anymore, um, try, maybe trying to pr protect their own island. Yeah. So yeah, all of these things. So it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. The sa the sandwich people is what I call them. The ones in the middle. Mm. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, I also up. heard the term uh, permafrost. <laughs> First, so. yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, you know, I just I I have a question because you know this is all going on and and if you know our lives changed in March 2020. Did do you think this engagement has got worse in the virtual world because? Um, I don't. I, I couldn't find any statistics on it, but just from a gut feeling with the companies you work for, because mm -hmm. you know, at least we could walk by somebody's desk before, or say hi, or get some kind of engagement yeah. in the office, even if there were silos within departments. Do you think it's it's increased the lack of yeah. engagement? Mm. Uh, yeah. The interesting thing is, so it's a yes and and no answer, mm -hmm. because what you see now is that companies that don't have a mission or vision. That people can get behind like if the if you're just being bounded uh, with the organization through the physical space and and you're not engaged with what the company puts out into the world then you have a very big issue because you know mm -hmm. it's really easy to just switch log into a different teams account or to a different slack channel and work somewhere somewhere else so those companies have a lot of issues other mm -hmm. style companies where remote work is more in their core where people get behind the vision the purpose like decentralized autonomous organizations, you know, they they flourish. They 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 are very uh, creative in these um, in these spaces. And if you can take the good out of the situation, that you can maybe work more uh, on deep work, like right? less distraction, that can be very beneficial for people's mental health and also for their creativity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's it's interesting. I never thought about being bounded to the physical space, but you know, many times companies were. Um, when, to stay with organizations for a minute, Robert, you know, mm -hmm. organizations are clearly groups of individuals, and you talk about in some of your training, which we're going to talk more in depth about, um, that you know, each individual has a frame of mind that defines what is possible. Can you e explain how that? what that is and how that then affects the dynamics of a group. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, like everything we do is shaped and guided by our frames of mind, you know, by what you believe. And it's whether you notice it or not, whether you're conscious of it or not. And your frames of mind are, of course, influenced by your upbringing. You know, what kind of parents you had? Did they say a lot of stuff? Hey, you can do it. Or did they say a lot of, hey, watch out. Are you, are you sure you want to try that? So the drama you went through, uh, the work experience you had, your age, your your educational system, how was that? So you have all of this baggage, uh, which you carry with you, which yeah can form how you view the world. And if you look at just an example, if I, for an example, 
have experienced that a lot of companies work with different kinds of technology, with, with new innovation. And my mind is gradually expanded by all sorts of cool things. And my so my worldview is changed like every two weeks. It's completely upside down due to new knowledge that I get. And if, mm -hmm. let's say, another person's uh, life, you know, he or she just watches television and scrolls on Instagram, of course, uh, our, our ways of how we look at the world are different. What we perceive to be possible is different. So yeah, we believe that you really need to work on expanding people's frames of mind uh, so that you will sort of find out that there are way more possibilities than, than you earlier thought. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to come back to that, but I have one question before we move on to a little more in depth on the frames of mind. You know, you, so you have these individuals, they all have, you know, I have my frame of mind, you have your frame of mind. How does, how does an organization start to understand the frames of minds of their individuals? Yeah, so uh, it's very easy. Um, so we have developed an online program to do that and we have workshop to explore you know, what makes people tick how do they expand their minds or how don't they? And in a sense, you get like a, like a scan or a checkup of how you're doing mentally, how you're taking care of yourself and uh, to get a better understanding of, of where people are coming from. But at the same time, you can also just be more conscious right, of, mm -hmm. of how people react. If you ask them to, to do something new, do they take a risk? And if not, why not? You know, what is holding them back? Be more curious. Um, mm -hmm. And at the same time, if you look at organizations in general, if there's too much stress or if people don't take care of themselves physically, that's also a very good sign of, um, you know, narrow mindedness or uh, not an ability to, to expand your frames of mind. Mm -hmm. and, and just on this tool that you have, um, is this kind of like a, uh, how does that work? Um, the, to, when you go into an organization, try to measure the, the organizational yeah. frame of mind. Yeah, yeah. so we have an online program, so we can do it completely remotely. Uh, people mm -hmm. can do it individually and then uh, get a report. People can do it collectively uh, as a group. Um, and we can also do it collectively uh, live, so that we all share like our inspiration, how we look at things. And you start, in, in a sense, you make the, the organization more human. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Well, um, I want to dig into this frame of mind because I think this is quite an important um, subject, but we're going to take a short break, Robert. Um, and when we come back, I, I'd like to talk a little bit more about the, you know, the fear frame of mind and, and what's going on as in the individual and how it affects your organization. And for our listeners, we are talking to Robert Overvig, and he is the founder of Adaptable Mindset Program. He and his team empower people to develop their own adaptable mindset to develop mental flexibility and help people learn how to create that mental space to find new possibilities. The Adaptable Mindset Program has been applied in several Fortune 500 companies such as Chanel, Heineken, and many SMEs and, and also universities. And Robert has over a decade of an experience in innovation and digital transmission. Now, if you'd like to reach out to Robert, first you can go to his website, www.adaptablemindset.com, and you can learn about the program. And you can also find information about Robert on his personal website, Robert Overvague. Now, Adaptable Mindset is also on Instagram under The Adaptable Mindset. 
And Robert is on LinkedIn under Robert Overvig and on Twitter under Robert Overvig. So please reach out to him to find out more about this program. And this program is also brought to you by Cinda. Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing associations, and they hold virtual trainings, conferences, market research, and do legislative white papers. Um, they also have a series on Thursday at, at 1700 Central European time on thought leadership. So you can tune into those. It starts next week. And they'll have a live conference held in Mallorca, Spain, May 15th to 18th this year. And if you'd like to learn more about Cinda, go to www.cinda.org. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking about um, adaptability, okay, how people become more adaptable, how organizations can become more adaptable. And we're talking with Robert Overveig, and he is the founder of the Adaptable Mindset Program. And he and his team empower people to develop their own adaptable mindset and develop mental flexibility and also learn how to create mental space to find new possibilities. 
employees. Now, he's this program is worked with his program with many Fortune 500 companies, including Chanel and Heineken. Um, hey, Robert, did you get free beer when you worked at Heineken? <laughs> so, <laughs> Actually, I asked for it, and uh, we did get it, yeah. <laughs> so I uh, just had to, I had to jump that in. Okay. You know, and uh, Robert's worked with many universities and multiple SMEs, and he has over a decade of experience in innovation, digital transition with clients such as Vodafone, Liberty Global, eBay, and a variety of startups and universities. So before we were, before the break, we're, we're kind of talking about mindset. So, you know, we, we kind of, Use example. Each each person has their own mindset. Um, and staying with staying with mindsets, um, you know how how do you get a more open mindset? I mean, because a certain kind of mindset can block innovation, and other can like have innovation floors. You know, how do you how do you kind of work with the mindsets of individuals? Yeah, uh, if if we speak about uh, fixed mindsets or people are fixed. sort of yeah sort of hesitant to change, uh, you can recognize them in the wild by and and you've all heard it right that people say yeah well this can't be done in our organization or that will never work or mm. or it can also disguise itself as the saying we don't have time for that or people could say AI is too difficult in our company or AI will never influence my job you know all of these things that are like variations of an inability to be open to new things. And it is due to our brain, it tries to protect us from, from, from risk and, and change can be a threat to our existence. At least that's what a brain thinks, right? Mm-hmm. So change can literally feel like you're going to die. It can get you in a, into a flight or, or a fight mode. So we often reject change and are not open to it. So this is, in a sense, what makes most companies uh, and people stagnant in their in their in their being, in their adaptability. Um, but also, due to our society is currently built right, with the amount of stress people are under. Did you know that under stress, your brain can be 80% less efficient? Or your brain is like, wow. you've got 20% left. Yeah, good luck being adaptable with that. And then, you know, social media brings you in your filter bubble. If you have meaningless works and the media is full of negativity, how are you going to adapt, you know? So if you're not actively working on expanding the mind, you know, society will narrow it for you, resulting in a fixed mind and a narrow view. Mm-hmm. And if you have that in your company, and at the same time, you've got technology developing with breakneck speeds, yeah, good luck, you know? So... It's it's very paradoxical that we think by not being by, by sort of be staying away from change, staying away from risk, that we are we are safe, but actually we're working in a sense on our own demise if you're not open to these new things. Mm-hmm. And we and, and we're talking about risk, I mean, because risk is just you talk about the 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 fight flight or fright, you know, it this is about fear, okay. And yeah. I, I mean, I, I would think that fear plays a big role in people with fixed minds, mindsets. Yeah, 100%. Is that, yeah. So how, how, how can you work on overcoming that? Yeah, yeah. We see it actually with, I would almost say, almost all our clients, almost all people. Like it runs rampage in, in, with, with everyone in all organizations. And it's even so bad that often people don't even dare to talk about what went wrong 
So everyone pretends like, hey, it's going great. No, no, we launched a product. So it's like a simulation of a successful company. But like secretly, like the, 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 all the internal organs aren't really doing so well. Uh, so what you could do, because, you know, adaptability is all about finding fresh perspectives and solutions, introduce new vocabulary and retrospectives into your organization and into teams. So instead of having a failure and blaming it on someone, um, as an individual, look at it and say, hey, from failure X, I learned that. So make it a formula, make it a principle and share that principle also with others so that people in your team don't have to make the same mistake again. But that's really beneficial. And if we all start doing that, you sort of change the perspective on, on failure. Uh, you can also not identify yourself with too much with your work. Um, so you're not defined by your work in a sense. That's that's a mindset also beneficial to have. Mm -hmm. And I, I also like to get people in the team which are T-shaped players. Are you familiar with the term? No. Could you explain it's it for like, our audience? Um, yeah, sure. Um, it's very, very beneficial, of course. Um, it's that you are very broadly oriented. You've got a broad range of skills. And, and, and the T is about, uh, there's a, a depth of knowledge in two or three specific fields. If you mm -hmm. have a broad range of knowledge, you will be less threatened by new things because you know, you've got always something else to fall back upon. So for an example, if you are a copywriter and AI comes around the corner, yeah, you might say, oh, it's, it's not going to do anything for, you know, um, no, my copywriting is so good that it will never influence me. But if you're a copywriter who can also do a little bit of analytics, can do a little bit of prototyping, you might be more open to it because you've got other things that you can fall back on. So we like to have T-shaped people um, in the teams. And you can also train yourself to be more okay with failure. Like um, do things that you are a bit scared about, that you you, sh you surely know you're going to fail with. So I started to do kickboxing. You know, I found it scary as hell, but I learned a lot from that. So you can learn from a lot of domains that feel safer for you, that you can take with you in your work. And that's mm -hmm. also a bit about the um, yeah, letting go of the compartmentalization. I think you can learn from a lot of many different segments and bring that back into your work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I have two questions on that because I think that's really interesting that you're looking for people with these broad ranges, maybe good in one or two things. Um, and then I think about our educational system, okay? Um, and, you know, it, it's a little different in the U.S. Um, than maybe I see in, in Germany. I live in Germany, uh, but I went to school in the U.S., um, um, you know, because we kind of force people to be experts in an area uh, now to a day. So if we're looking for people with bigger ranger of skills, do you think we're going to have to kind of adjust our educational system also? Yeah, 100%. I think our educational system is so outdated that it's, mm -hmm. again, almost criminal. Um, yeah. You see actually articles appear in, newspaper that, in newspapers that, uh, you know, people study for accounting. And they learn nothing about automation or AI. <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How is that possible? Your entire yeah. job is going to get automated. So we, we sort of trick people, or at least the system tricks people into thinking that they need to take that route. But actually, this, the things that they're being taught, they are and outdated and they are too, too limiting. So we should indeed open that up more and have a broader perspective. And also, I think that schools are a bit too arrogant right they they, they mm. take up all of your time 
but it should be yep. more like 30 or 40 percent of your time you learn a few basics you learn critical thinking you know uh, a few essential things and then explore you know play try out stuff do more uh, on your own because the rest of your life you're on your own and you need to be <laughs> able to learn on your own and you need to be able to adapt so yeah that's also why we started this program you know because we also saw that students uh, had absolutely no fit in the in the job market or any skills for entrepreneurship mm-hmm. so yeah there's a lot of work to do yeah yeah now i did um I, that, that's what you made me think of that when you said that and another thing that kind of popped into my head when you said it is is you know about this fear and and it's about you know it's about the leaders, okay? Because, you know, the, as I said, the fish always stinks from the top, okay? So, you know, it, it, isn't it the, the job of the leadership also to, to make sure that um, individuals feel free to reframe that, you know, reframe failure? And aren't they the leaders that have to reframe it in the organization, you know? Um, there's so many people afraid to fail in their jobs, okay? You know, oh, I don't do this right because of the leadership. How can leaderships foster kind of a less fear in the organization? Yeah, I think you're right on the money that you know, if a leader can show his or her own failures, that's already really beneficial. And I think we still have this concept of that leadership exactly knows where we need to go it's this direction and that's that's 100 <laughs> sure i'm like how can you know in such an uncertain world like we need everyone's opinion but okay that's a different topic but show that it's, <laughs> that it's all right to fail and yeah. when something went wrong you know that's okay you know what did we learn from that and i myself also in teams you know sometimes you think wow uh, this is so tragic that this uh, that this happened but what are you going to do you know are, yeah. you, are you going to blame someone um so also what you can do in as a leader to create like or have your people create like mantras uh, like uh, mission statements so for example facebook had for a very long while built fast to break things now they broke almost the entire world and you know, and, and, our, um, <laughs> and our voting system so that worked but so these things work so at heineken they came up with one point for an idea, 10 points for execution, which also sort of changes the perspectives and yeah, makes it easier to, uh, to get behind. But leaders um, often fall into, uh, I don't want to call it a trap, um, mm-hmm. but they have like specific extra challenges. So yeah. they can say verbally, hey guys, it's okay to fail. Uh, we're very okay with that. We're going to be more like a startup, but at the same time, you still have your uh, KPIs, your targets that you need to need, need to make, which are already maybe quite difficult uh, to get to anyway. So, you know, that, that almost doesn't rhyme with each other. You see, so mm-hmm. they need to be conscious of yeah, what they say on all aspects and what the secondary effects are of the things that they put out into the world. So it's also, yeah, taking a little bit of a breather, trying to yeah walk in the shoes of the person that you're that you're going to speak to uh, do a little bit more of that yeah yeah i think that's so important i like the analogy you used to startups because you know um these people in startups i mean startups um we know the statistics on startups, okay, that probably less than 10% make it, okay, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, so they're certainly not afraid. So, um, Robert, we're going to take another break. When we come back, I want to talk about um, 
something, you know, that I think is quite important and you talk about it in some of your lessons is, is building curiosity um, in the organization to foster um, to, to foster innovation. And we'll, we'll chat about that after we take a break. And for our listeners, we're talking about how to help people become more adaptable and organizations become more adaptable. And we're talking with Robert Overveig, and he is the founder of the Adaptable Mindset Program. And he and his team empower people to develop their own adaptable mindset to develop mental flexibility and also how to learn to create mental space to find new possibilities. The Adaptable Mindset Program has been applied at several Fortune 500 companies such as Chanel and Heineken and multiple SMEs and universities and uh, innovative schools. Now, if you'd like to learn more about the program, please go to the website www.adaptablemindset.com and also Adaptable Mindset is on Instagram under the Adaptable Mindset. And if you'd like to get in touch with Robert, he is uh, has a personal website under Robert Overveig, and that is O-V-E-R-W-E-G.com. And he's also on Twitter under Robert Overveig and on LinkedIn under Robert Overveig. So please reach out to him. And this uh, broadcast is also being brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda holds virtual trainings, conferences, market research, legislative white papers, focus on digital. Um, they also have a great e-learning platform for startups. So please go to www.cinda.org for more information. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Business news and discussions are always changing. In order to stay ahead of the game, sometimes you need to be a follower. You can follow the Voice America Business Channel on Twitter at VoiceAMBusiness. Again, that's at VoiceAMBusiness. And stay current. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. 
Now back to this week's program. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's Business Channel. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we are talking with Robert Orveig. And he is the founder of Adapt- the Adaptable Mindset Program. And we're talking about how we can you know, help organizations um, and individuals you know, become more adaptable. And Robert, we talked before the before the break. Um, we were just I I just made the comment that you know startups obviously are quite adaptable and and that you know they they're not afraid of, of failure. But I think another uh, thing that plays a really important role in this, and you talk about this in in your training, is curiosity. So can you talk a little bit about how important curiosity is and and how that relates to, you know, um, adaptability? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think um, uh, curiosity is like the lifeblood of of your mind, of your imagination and of the, the innovative capabilities of the company. And I think everyone has that skill, right? We all start with it. We're all naturally curious. You know, kids, uh, you, mm-hmm. you, we all know about kids. They uh, ask like hundred times, "Why, why, why, why?" <laughs> and they put everything in their mouth. You know. Um, but, again, we have these systems around us, like our educational system doesn't really support curiosity. More about compliance, and if work numbs you, you know, then you get sort of disconnected from your curiosity. You come become a bit numb, and um, yeah, you need to need to connect back to that to. Um, to what inspires you, to what stretches your mind, to, you know, art, philosophy, nature, whatever it is for you, get more of that into your work uh, and, and, and use these things to, um, yeah, expand your mind. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you talked about, um, you know, we talked about the leaders. So how, you know, first of all, how as an individual, um, I think I'm a pretty curious person, but I know other people who maybe has lost some of that curiosity. How as an individual can you kind of get that back? Well, you can just look at uh, what were the things when you were younger that you liked, right? Um, most yeah. most guys wanted to be like a cowboy or something like that. But <laughs> what, what other things? Like were you always drawing? Why did you stop? You know, why did you stop yeah. drawing? Or you like playing music or you now like playing music? Are you doing that? What what can you learn from that? Um, or for an example, ga- you can even learn from games or gaming. Like Elon Musk says that uh, many of his engineers started with programming due to gaming. Or Tobias Lutke, the CEO of Shopify, you know, he says that you can learn a lot of strategic thinking from gaming. So we can learn from many, many different fields and also learn, for example, from gaming what is happening there now uh, in, in these massive multiplayer uh, online games a lot of the same things are now happening in the web 3.0 space. So mm. you can sort of, yeah, just follow your curiosity and, and keep pulling on that thread and don't stop. I think that's the, um, I think that's the key. Yeah. And, and, and we talked about leaders before and, and creating an environment that where, where employees are not fearful of, of failure. Um, how, is there anything leaders can do to try to, try to create an environment where curiosity thrives. Yeah, you could say that that um, in a sense they are the key. So a lot of a lot of it lies within the individual, right? You have your own right uh, for curiosity. You can take that. 
so don't ask for permission. But if a leader can create a supportive environment that can actually trigger curiosity, even with people who aren't naturally curious. So the, the DNA receptors in your body will fire differently. It's fascinating research, which can you imagine that your brain chemistry and your and your and your your body changes due to just being in a more supportive environment where it's okay to fail and people are interested in each other, but you also have creative discourse and critical mm -hmm. discourse as well, right? It's not just all fluffy and uh, and, and and no one is being critical. Um, but if you can create such a space, you know, where and where people are interested in each other, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know what drives you, what motivates you, invite people to to bring these things into the organization. Because if you can connect to what inspires people, you know, if you can find the things that they that really drive them, they can learn infinitely. And now we're just mm. saying, hey, you need to work data driven. Is that really what they want? Uh, or do they want to help the customer? You know, are they really interested in that? And if you can find that thing, then you will have a continuous learning organization, you know, where people are happy, engaged, and it's that easy. So if we I don't understand why we're not optimizing for that, right? To just mm -hmm. connect with what motivates people, what triggers their curiosity. Because also, if you look at um, some great innovators like uh, Paul Graham, for example, he has this uh, he has this saying: if your goal is to discover novel ideas, your motto should not be "do what you love," it should be "do what you're curious about." And there's a lot of research which also which also says. Uh, if you're connected to your intrinsic motivation, you get a higher creative and innovative outcome. So we have the data, you know, great innovators do the same from, from Musk to Paul Gray and to everyone is doing it. But in our corporate environment, we're just making people chug away at tasks. So I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty intense. Yeah. And, and you know, doesn't that, it, it kind of also c creates... Um, an environment for continuous learning. Okay, mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, I, I, my personal opinion is you don't stop learning. I don't care if you're 40, 50, 60, or 70. Okay, um, you know, to, to to keep learning and to encourage people to learn. And um, I, I don't know if a lot of organizations do that. You know, okay, they put out training programs, but you know, sometimes they're just like kind of black white ones i mean yeah yeah what, do you know I mean, how bad they are <laughs> they're like <laughs> they're like you use software from the 80s and then you need to learn about blockchain and you're like why the hell do we need to learn about blockchain you know it needs to be fun it needs to be inspiring it needs to be entertaining you know, um, people learn from youtube people follow their own their own curiosity and that should be that should be motivated and then they can yeah. go on infinitely so i'm so fascinated about this topic that you know, i do this 24 7 and i i never get tired like learning about this about creating cognitive flexibility openness of the mind etc and i think that's the way yeah yeah i do too but you know when you you just said something that brings to me to something else that it uh, that you do in your learning modules um which i went through and they were fantastic okay and one of the things that struck me that you talk about is you know um finding the space to do this okay um you know we're we're so overwhelmed with information today and stimulus and and you know 
uh, the other day I I was in the shopping mall in the grocery store and I saw a mom give I, I swear this baby was probably not even one the iPad okay now we can argue if that's good or bad but you know starting at one year old with the iPad um, and we're just with social media I mean how do we we're kind of in a trap today on this some of it's good some of it's bad um, how can we find space outside of this to, to be curious yeah, yeah, I've got a story to chime in as well. Uh, I, I recently saw a father playing with his kid soccer on the street and he was constantly looking at his phone and oh, sometimes yeah. look behind his phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got the ball. Sorry, I'll pass it back. <laughs> you know, it's we're being hypnotized, I think, by um, by the technology. And I think we'll look back at this era, this period that kind of like we're addicted to crack, uh, kind of like how we look back at smoking, which is now frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Uh, now... Of course, I get a lot of great ideas from Twitter, from YouTube, from podcasts, you know, critical thinkers. It's a breeding ground for autonomy, rebellious thoughts, inspiration, different perspectives, everything. But, you know, when, did, when do you have enough, right? And mm-hmm. these these apps, uh, TikTok is like the, the, the best slot machine to keep people getting hooked. And you see that from the data that it's now the most visited website globally. What do you see there? You see people squishing out... Uh, tubes of, uh, of whatever and like why are you wasting your life in such a way right you could be dead in one year or in 10 years and then you're nah yeah, yeah. so people have become like a slave to the algorithm that's what i sometimes yeah. say yeah. and and the, the thing is when you keep interacting with these things that your your thoughts will also become more superficial i notice mm-hmm. that with with myself with people with other people and we have less capacity to use our subconscious brain to to daydream, to to have deep thoughts. And if we look at people like Thomas Edison, for example, he said, the um, uh, famous inventor, of course, he said, you just need to be around, being present to catch ideas. Or David mm-hmm. Lynch says, now create space for the big ideas. But when do we do that? You know, we're constantly, like you said, being bombarded, and that's how we end up with these superficial ideas, superficial breath, more stress. Um, so there's a time for the interaction, I think, and then there's a time for contemplation, um, but very practical things that you can do. So what you can do now is turn all push messages off so mm-hmm. that you go from reactive living to active living. Uh, don't use your phone as long as possible. Don't, right? Don't use your phone yep. as long as possible in the morning <laughs> so that you can develop your own cognitive thoughts that you're not influenced mm-hmm. by outside influences when you wake up just schedule time to use apps even your work apps because you can get into flow stage you can become 500% more effective this is research by McKinsey you can show your boss that you should not always be able to respond to push messages um, and then also find what is truly relevant for you because the thing is if you lack purpose in your life then you might just distract yourself with instant gratification and pleasure which you get from these platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, yeah, you can also do other things like going into nature, uh, do strength training, run, walk, yoga, meditate, journal. These things also help in creating mental space. And mm-hmm. once you do these often enough, and now I'm not saying everyone should do yoga, everyone should meditate, do what f- feels good for you. But once you start doing these things, you notice after exercise, right, that you've got like a blank mind. Like, wow, this is such a great space to be in. And if you get into that space more often, then you'll start to 
not want to be in that distracted space where you're not connected to the things that you want to do, right? Yeah. To the yeah and yeah and you know you you had you said one thing and i have to for our audience um something that that you put in one of your lessons as i went through um the program and you said to ask yourself is it worth the time okay and i really liked that robert because you know sometimes uh, you feel obligated or you just do something because you know and i i really just thought that was a really great thing for people to ask themselves, you know, am I doing, is it worth the time? Um, so thank you for that. Thank you for that. We get a lot of good response indeed from that. Like, yeah. yeah, I, I can be busy with uh, Kanye West breaking up and, uh, you know, I can be constantly busy with, with the COVID pandemic yeah. or I could focus on my health. I could focus on helping people. I could focus on, uh, you know, our dreams together and build on that. And um, yeah, just shift focus a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So we're getting we're getting towards the end of our. Um, uh, we could go on forever with this. I mean, um, the program that you have is fantastic, and I just for our listeners, kind of um, for the individuals out there, um, if you had like your top tip or top two or three tips to to for individuals to reflect on themselves and try to you know increase their adaptability what would that be yeah great question and very valuable especially in this time uh, so it starts with you taking action right don't wait for permission um, we like it very much. We see a lot of people like uh, evolve when they start working on actively opening their mind. Because like we said earlier, society mainly narrows it. So connect back to what inspires you. And uh, you'll just write, a write down a list of um, the things that inspire you. Maybe also uh, give it a rating, you know, how important it is to you. And then also maybe look at how well integrated is it in your life. It can be like art, philosophy, nature, you know, all of these things. And then you yeah, I'll immediately start to see that most often that it's not so well integrated. So do more of that in a structural way. And then focus on what is valuable for you. Do less of the crap, more of the good stuff. You yeah. know, the stuff that has always pushed humanity forward. You know, focus on the positive, on the possibilities. And build on creating a larger latticework of ideas and possibilities. So not all of the negative things that you see in the media around you. No, only solutions, solutions, solutions. And then you've got a larger well to, to get inspiration out. And like one idea can change your life, but if you have a whole lattice work of ideas to fall back upon, you now it can take you so far that you, you can't even imagine. Um, and then the other thing is because some people react to this, yeah, Robert, I'm, but I'm already too stressed out. Well then <laughs> you probably need to go, go outside now, go for a walk, at least yeah. 30 minutes, and, and integrate more brain space. And the thing is, your phone is probably not giving you that. So start creating a structure that supports you, like three times a week exercise, do some journaling. Now make a system that supports you so that you create your own formula for success. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing as an individual is to do more of nothing. Mm -hmm. And okay. uh, that's actually difficult to do. You know, just sit, but with an inspired mind, full of possibilities, with the mental space, healthy body, and then see where you're at in a few months. Yeah. I, I, I can I can guarantee you're you're way ahead. You're happier, and you have found fresh perspectives. 
Yeah. Well, great, great uh, closing um, tips for for our listeners. And um, as I said, I've gone through your program. I suggest it to our listeners. Um, go to to Robert's website, www.adaptablemindset.com, and learn more about it. And we've been talking to Robert Overveg, and he's the founder of the Adaptable Mindset Program um, that helps empower people to develop their own adaptable mindset and develop a mental better mental flexibility and also create mental space. And I think those last tips um, are great for us to do that. So if you'd like to reach out to Robert, once again, it's www.adaptablemindset.com and also on Instagram under The Adaptable Mindset. And if you'd like to reach out to Robert himself, um, it's Robert Overveg, and that's O-V-E-R-W-E-G. And he is on LinkedIn. And he also has his own website, robertoberweg.com. And he's on Twitter under Robert Oberweg. And so reach out to him and learn more about this program. So, Robert, um, thank you. It's been fantastic, really informative. And as I said, I enjoyed going through the program. And I encourage my listeners to do that, too. Thank you so much, Kimberly. It was, uh, it was a pleasure to be on. Yeah, thank you again. And for our listeners, please remember to tune in to us every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us, we are on every major podcast platform. So you can find us all over the web. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda has virtual trainings, conferences, market research, does legislative white paper, all focused in the digital space. And they also have Thought Leadership Thursdays every Thursday at 1700 Central Europe time. And they also have a wonderful e-learning platform that's in cooperation with Boss Startup Science that helps startups thrive. So go to www.cinda.org org and learn more about Cinda. And with that, thank you for tuning in and tune in again next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.